Hi, I'm Akhilara. And I'm Rohan Nahar. Welcome to The Long Take. This week we're discussing Black Widow. It's the newest Marvel movie and the first Marvel movie on our podcast. It's taken uh, almost a year because, uh, well, you know. Um, so, what do you make of it all? At some point we all have to choose between what the world wants you to be and who you are. I made my choice. I'm done running. Huh, what do I make of it? Mm, this is complicated because, see, I feel like, you know, truth be told, uh, this is like a problem. Now I feel because I brought this up so many times on this podcast is that it's been too long since I've watched the thing that we are talking about. <laughs> so I've forgotten most of it. Okay, cool. And then I'll uh, be your catch-up guy, right? Because I've seen it like mere hours ago before recording this. Yes. So you can fill. Uh, yeah. So whenever you like, when you, whenever you go to a pause, you can be like a oh, fact-check guy, and then I'll I'll turn up and I'll fill in the blanks. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I don't know. It's been like I don't know a month ish. Right. Maybe a little less than that. Um, and you know. So we've spoken about this before. The Marvel Cinematic Universe. It's basically. two halves at least in my opinion like mm. two different uh styles of, of yeah. yes so one is you know the black panthers and the guardians and the avengers which is like you know more uh, autistic i wouldn't say like avengers that, like, is autistic oh, that's a nice take but okay the first one oh the first one yeah the avengers okay yeah then it's fine yeah 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 um and then there are the antmans and the uh, doctor strangers etc yeah uh this one feels like i'm just going to like say it right at the top of the episode is that i didn't think i would ever watch a marvel film worse than thor 2 oh my god and this one was it and What? it wasn't like a realization that i came to over this last month since i watched it this is a realization i came to while i was watching the film and i was like oh my god is it this bad and you know it's very early in the day there'd be no reactions i don't think people had seen it at that time and there was nothing to kind of contextualize the experience because i think a lot of the times with marvel movies is that people are like predisposed to liking them and mm. they they're more forgiving of like flaws that they wouldn't be in any other film franchise in existence um but this one yeah i was it was just uh, like unbearable slog okay so clearly like then i should make my stance clear as well because uh, we almost like poles apart like i'm not okay. going to say it's like you know the best the best but like i think it's a pretty decent mall movie for me like i don't know if it's the I guess we'll get into it, but like, I don't think it's the factor that you know that I haven't seen a Marvel movie for two years that probably make make me like make some you know some weird Stockholm syndrome like missing factor or something. I don't think it was that at least while watching it. Uh, but I surprisingly like enjoyed most of it. Like I, there are definitely parts of it which I do want to like cut and just like yeah yeah I'm not sure about this. Like can you just like get to the next like funny scene? Like I was the parts of it like I, I found like genuinely funny, and that doesn't happen to me in most like many Marvel movies. Like um. For the Marvel movie, for most people, it's like Guardians of the Galaxy, right? Like James Gunn, everyone loves for that. And every James Gunn movie, like both of them, Guardians of the Galaxy and the Volume Two, I just find them to be like they try to force themselves to be funny. Like they don't work for me. But this one, 
there are genuine like parts of it i'm like i can i mean obviously it's only been art which i can remember but i'm there are parts of it i'll be like always be looking back and i'm like oh that was that was a genuine like funny moment for me yeah i feel like i'm taking that genuine too much sorry so that i'm not going to say that's so funny but that, that is so strange because i don't look at the guardians movies as being you know quote unquote comedies i my take on the guardians movies is that they are basically live action pixar films hmm. especially the second one right. you know and my take on black widow like i don't remember a single like obviously i didn't like it so i wasn't like go, I, i hadn't surrendered myself to like the humor i wasn't going to laugh easily but i don't even think of it as even slightly funny not even by the standards of like you know the, the marvel movies which are like quippy and stuff this one was like just drab it had no it had no voice there wasn't a particularly strong visual style to it there wasn't like a strong storytelling angle there wasn't even a strong like you know how they how you read about directors kind of auditioning to make marvel movies so mm. it's like the actors they also audition directors and there was a usually a response to where someone comes in and they throw out like a really fun take on the on the property and they're like yeah that sounds fun let's work on that uh, i can't even imagine what kate shortland came in with okay like, i can't imagine like oh this is what i want to make and that sparked marvel's interest and they were like ha ha theek hai banao ja ke like like what like what's the elevator pitch for black widow tell me i think that so i'm not going to comment on that because obviously i'm not in the room when that happened but i think what i can take from watching the movie um is that the pitch is essentially i mean it's in a way constrained by the facts that you have to tell a story within a character's already finished arc not even established arc a character's finished arc you tell a story and right so you're operating within th- that kind of context and constraint but the the pitch essentially is that you know i think most most screenwriters do explaining 101 tends to be that you know aim at the characters like root right and that's what they're trying to do with her here like you know the red room the you know the sort of family angle that she had and you know a sort of unfinished business of like you know she she thought she was done with this past but she clearly wasn't and that's where it's sort of trying to hone in i think the movie is much better for me when it's sort of like uh honing on in the sort of you know the emotional ties of it the emotional ties of you know just like either losing her own family or killing someone else's family uh which is why i think the best part of the movie for me was like the opening sort of 15 10 15 minutes you know when they're in ohio like without that like that sort of sets, sets up the emotional foundation and if, if those scenes were not as well done as, as they were i don't think any callbacks any references to it which are made you know over and over if none of those would work and none of those would sort of pull any strings of like you know you can sort of feel the pain right like especially like that sort of how you know melina has reconstructed basically their ohio home all the way in like st petersburg right where she lives in the wilderness and walking into it when these people walk in they realize what she has done and then sitting down on the dinner table and then you know when she of uh natasha goes off the rails in a way you know she just starts reeling at like you wouldn't we're not actually a family what what are you talking about and and she's just like yelena is just sitting there sort of like listening to it and she's like what are you saying like it was everything i had right and those moments like i can generally feel for the character i can feel like oh yeah you're going wrong in a sense like you, she's sitting there because she genuinely had those ties to it almost like she has yelena has like ptsd for those moments because that was her foundation and then that was like ripped apart hmm 
I mean, see, none of that worked for me. Like, I had zero investment in these mm. people because I just met them, you mm. know. And I think that, like, I have like two points to make, uh, based on what you just said. The first is, you know, how N- Natasha is a an established character. Like, we know her, we know exactly what she's about, etc. You know, we we've we've been watching her for over a decade. Uh, her family is. like the avengers okay hmm. now why would you introduce a new set of characters i mean introduce new set of characters obviously it's her solo movie so you're going to have like a new set of characters but then just to establish a new set of characters in this film and expect us to care about them uh, on a level that we would care about you know her relationship uh, for instance with clint okay that's not going to happen because we watched her and clint interact for like a decade we've just met rachel wise that first 10 minutes is just the most perfunctory introduction that you can imagine and it doesn't even take the premise to its potential you know it's basically like that show the americans right but then it doesn't even explore what it's like for people like that to live a life like the one that they are living you know it's basically like ha ye log hain this is what they do these are the two kids uh here's like a perfect perfunctory like emotional moment for you to kind of i thought of the americans as well when i saw it but i think the reason i took it like differently was because unlike the americans like, you know it's it's for them it's like decades and decades right like the kids are like when we meet them the kids are already like well into their teenage years and but the show is getting over uh one of them is almost like a young adult this one like they it's like 3 year period right it's almost like a this is like a like your know, longest vacation you had somewhere which sort of like has formed your sort of like you know it's almost like their happy place right because their life outside of it either <coughs> before it or after it has been just terrible like you know like the, the stuff that sort of movies allude to here and there right you know the the, the violence and the torture like some of it is actually played straight up when it's around like you know the e- bad people like as since around rakoff it's just played straight up and like, you know that this was horrible or sometimes it's, it's actually like sort of played for like almost like laughs you know when uh jelena talks about how you know which every widow loses her reproductive organs and then she's talking about that to alexi in the helicopter like it's played for funny because it that's coming from a source of pain and she now she can only joke about it. like there's no way other way for her to like even touch upon it so stuff like that because they're touching but up. you know it wasn't played for uh, laughs when this this particular thing was mentioned previously i don't remember i think it was the first avengers movie somewhere she speaks about this and it wasn't played for laughs yeah but every and, sort of character like to me what i saw was like it's it's how jelena sort of is coping with it right her coping mechanism is very unlike natasha natasha is that kind of person who sort of hasn't been able to sort of let go of her past right which is why she, i think she's finds her back in yeah. inspiration i think jelena is the kind of person who her only way to live deal with or live with it is to sort of be like she has like a, yeah rise yeah. sense of humor but then it gets a little one note i feel and i never thought i'd watch a movie where i wouldn't like florence pew i oh, okay. remember watching you know macbeth your school i were like three or four year oh uh, yeah lady mm-hmm. macbeth and i remember watching it and i was like oh my god like we've just discovered the next great star like this woman is going to be amazing and then obviously she did like a bunch of really good star making films hmm. and uh, as per the norm these days she gets a marvel project yeah you get and you have to move on to bigger leagues 
so called bigger leagues like and that this is what you have to do basically yeah. do a blockbuster and now she's going to be movie. yeah she's she's going to be playing this actor for the next 10 years yeah. like woohoo but then it they do see the, my problem with this movie is that they've taken elements that had so much potential right they've completely discarded the cold war angle they've completely discarded the political tensions that you could have explored they've completely wasted florence pugh in a i mean she's just like she it's a one note performance right she's just like rai like it's just like rai joke after rai joke she's just eye rolling everything like her she's rolling her eyes through action scenes and i'm like what is even happening now? i don't know i think like, that's almost like become like a marvel trend i think i think there are like two camps about this always you know that the people who want to take their action sequence seriously and then which is why like a lot of those people sort of tend to prefer you know dc movies in that regard but honestly like i i've always preferred like i guess it's just like it's going to be such a subjective thing always and that's why i'm not going to keep one stand on it but like to me i enjoyed mostly when you know when the action is not taken too seriously because that's just how i think it's just easier for me to sort of indulge that um and again like i i i actually like the recurring joke like the whole poser thing was like actually funny to me and she was just like the the way she was mocking like natasha and then she did herself once and then she like oh i don't like that at all I mean, it really got in my nose. Okay. I was like, this wasn't funny the first time. Yeah, I think it's so again it's like thing like, which like either works for you, or doesn't, right? I think the way, same way I was talking about Guardians of the Galaxy movies, they work for so many people, but they just don't hmm. work for me. The first Guardians of the Galaxy movie, I was like sitting through it in IMAX screen, and I was just like, this movie is not funny. Like, why does everyone find it funny? Like, it, it's forcing to be funny. Like, you're trying to force Rocket and everyone into situations where they might deliver a quip, and that movie hmm. worked for like a lot of people. So clearly, like the same way. Yeah. I I should expect with Black Widow, right? Like it worked for me. It's not. I'm like honestly, I'm at that point where I see. I don't really. I'm not invested in this. I'm not like a major fan of the MCU. I've just been watching it for ever since it started, and I enjoy a lot of these movies. I've I used to enjoy them more when I was younger, uh, and so that's a real thing. Like I have definitely outgrown this. Um, I think it's not just outgrown. Also, I think it's. you know i mean i think it's a bit it is a bit of de- that definitely i think it it definitely is fatigue at this point right that's going bound to happen if you see one of these every couple of months it's not just marvel and dc at this point right netflix tries to, tries to create a, a new super franchise every few, four weeks or something no but i'll see um, the, the difference is i'll watch i'll watch uh now how do i put this i'll watch a swing and a miss instead of something like this You know, yeah, but uh, again, like I think I'm sort of r- broken record here. But 95% of them don't take a swing in on this, right? They just try to be what is everyone is doing and out that, there. That's not keep huh, cop- copying and pasting. That does not uh, like work anymore. You know, especially now. Like, so I we we know what they can do, right? And I think they're being more experimental on the television front. Um, yeah. This, not always, but not yeah. always, but yeah, you can at least sense like the so the elevator pitch that you were talking, but you can sense that there is an elevator pitch, right? For Wonder Vision, mm. for instance, like there was someone yeah. who came in with the unique, ironically the yeah. same person, one half the writing duo of this movie. Ah, uh-huh, no, but she was more story writer and not screenplay, so I wouldn't mm. really blame her. Yeah, no, no blames. All the blame goes to like whatever fifteen people sat down and said, "Ki ye karo," but. 
it's mostly kevin feige kevin feige i don't know she she's done her dirty man like that's what i feel like so stakes to zero hain hi you know because we know how her story ends we know she's dead right that was always going to happen right like if you del- i think that's just a fault not just of the movie itself but the fact that they delayed the movie so much like this movie no, but then, was due like 5 6 years ago right but then here's the thing right you already know that this is a problem right so you so what do you do you you you, you problem solve right Hmm. You don't make a movie that simply like it just shrugs at it. Oh yeah, we know, we know that she's dead. So like we're not going to do anything about it. We're not going to like subvert expectations in any way. We're just going to tell you a story that probably happened three years ago. Uh, like wh- why do I need to know this again? I I had more. I was more emotionally invested in her death scene because of all the stuff that I'd seen in the decade leading up to it than in the. contained quote unquote story that i watched in this film right and now if you if you consider all the solo uh mcu movies which is which is you know i don't know last was last solo film that we watched i think captain marvel i think which is terrible again captain marvel unless Marvel's you count spider man far from home but that's a sequel ha huh, no 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 so yeah i mean <sighs> Yeah. We're talking about the last time a character was like yeah introduced. introduced. You know, I mean, yeah, yeah, you can't really say introduced here because we've known her for so long. But yeah, mm. Spider-Man: Far From Home. Then otherwise, Captain Marvel. No, I'm just trying to imagine if you if... go before that. I guess Black Panther. But then again, you can't really compare that. That's a very unique voice. I'm just trying um, to imagine uh, placing this movie so like ahead in the timeline. Like imagine if this came out uh, Iron Man two se pehle, you know, and. Right. Uh, does it hold up like does it hold up if you erase your memory of this person mr and do that impossible task mm-hmm. but if i was forced to do that i think it would actually hold up pretty well i think the early mmc movies have been so far out of my mind our mm-hmm. minds now that we don't remember how actually poor they were some of them like thor tried to be this shakespearean drama and i think essentially it actually failed for me even in first viewing in 2010 i remember So Thor was definitely like not. So here's the thing, right? When I when those that. first when the first phase of the MCU was happening, I was like fully invested. I was like going to watch two movies a week at the theater. I used to be such a fixture at this cinema that hmm. they used to have like a designated parking slot for me. I'm not even kidding. <laughs> so I used to go every week to watch two movies, and uh, so yeah, that, I was fully like that was my. that was all i did back then so i was like uh, you know like target audience basically and i remember huh. when this started i don't remember being this enamored uh, with the first iron man i mean obviously liked it a lot but i wasn't like oh my god this is like the best movie ever but then by the time thor and uh, captain america the captain first america had come out i was like ooh this is iron man 2 Yeah, 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 and no, by Iron Man too. I was like fully like, oh my god, this is really good. Like, what? This is really good series. <laughs> I don't think I liked it at all, even back then. Uh, so yeah, so I had my point is that those films I watched multiple times in right. quick succession because I was such a you know I had nothing else to do basically. I was I wasn't working. I was like probably in college, uh, or maybe school. I don't know. Uh, anyway. So I watched the movies multiple times, and I really like genuinely enjoyed them. I didn't really enjoy the first Thor. I still feel like you know it. Again, this they hired a guy to do a certain thing to bring his voice to this property, and that's what he did. I admire it. They got Joe Johnston. He made a. First Avenger is one of the top five MCU movies. Like you need to watch it again. It's really good. 
those movies had a voice you know like they were playing with these characters that people knew about for many many years but those movies had like a unique tone you know and they were willing to experiment back in back in the day this one and i mean captain marvel and stuff like that and it's just it's just i am so and we haven't even got to like the villain which deserves like an episode of its own the marvel villain problem is marvel villain problem is like a is this a persistent problem now but then why do we it's, accept it's a, it why do we just roll with it we don't accept it at all i don't think it should be accepted i think it should be criticized every single time <laughs> it's it's just un, un, annoying how bad they get like even like wanda vision we were praising like 4 minutes ago hmm. but even wanda visions the fact that it even has a villain is the villain problem to me i don't see like here's the thing agnes right it should not exist it should the villain of wanda vision should be wanda maximoff what the problem is uh, i feel is that they've tasted so much success that now they're operating from a position of fear all right and that's understandable because this this level of success is unprecedented like no one has experienced this level of success ever in the history of this medium so for them to kind of go against the grain and even black panther a movie that everyone loves and i think is like you know second best in my opinion uh, of the whole series had the same villain problem Right, but then we. But do you think Black Panther had a villain problem? It had a. I mean, the villain was the best, probably one of the best comic book villains ever written on film. Hmm. But what I'm specifically getting at is that in the MCU, in the Marvel, in the Marvel films, they te- the villains tend to be uh, bizarro universe versions of the heroes. Okay. and that i think yeah but that's i, I don't know what for getting but if you getting at the fact that you know like if like king bangar doesn't ascend the throne and if he doesn't mm-hmm. say you know now let's spread our power and conquer everyone no, no. basically so like my... the black version of the white pro- problem sorry yeah tell me no no so so with black panther black panther is a fantastic villain like uh, the mm-hmm. uh, killmonger is a fantastic villain right but my the problem this i was specifically getting at is that third act in black panther which is basically like two semi clones fighting each other right huh that happens in 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 iron man uh 2 all right it happens huh. in the first iron man it happens in uh doctor strange to an extent it happens in uh ant man the first ant man where the where cory stoll plays basically another huh. guy in the same suit yeah um uh, that is the problem i'm getting and here it feels like a slap in your face because this villain is it it's like personality to dur ki baat hai he is literally a ta- like it's an amalgamation of all these problems all condensed into one villain and i'm like are you screwing with us now like what this feels a little deliberate <laughs> is this the best you could do and i think the, the problem with the villain like the chief one for here for me was the fact that they wanted to make it personal the fact that you know in whatever sort of time get out, yeah, like, in this in this effort yeah, yeah, so to i'm getting to that like so because from like, because black widow like is about movie about our family they wanted to show that you know she's also like has destroyed families in the past or at least like come close to it but because you want to you are so hell bound to keep it a secret and not 
even let Olga Kurlikar go show her face, which will be a, such a huge marketing thing they have missed out on. I don't know why they thought like hiding this and making it like sure, like it's a good spin to like make Taskmaster is usually a male character in most games, make it like a you know female spin on that, which actually became obvious to me at like in minute one. When they showed Olga Kurikalnikov in the credits, in the opening credits, like the fo- third or fourth name, I'm like, oh yeah, she must be Taskmaster then. Like, who else is she playing if she's coming so early in the credits? You beat me to it. It's the dumbest move in a really dumb movie. It's You have to like hide that. Like, you're if you're putting the name so up front, you are assuming your audience has seen zero trailers. Because if they've seen one trailer, then they instantly know which character you've hidden from them. And then now they have figured it out. Anyway, so, but the point, the bigger problem for me is because you've hidden her... You can't establish her, right? Because if yeah. you don't hide her, like like Killmonger, then you can she can have her own story. She can have her parallel story running with uh, Natasha's, and then they collide, and then it's so much more, more cooler because they're both on this family revenge quest and let Drakov die and make the movie about them. This is huge. This is a huge problem. The villain problem in this movie. Like, why is Drakov alive? Let Drakov be dead. She's still disfigured. But she's grown up with the vengeance the same way Natasha has grown up with her, like, whatever, revenge quest of, like, erasing Red Room. And then let them go head on. So, I mean, it kind of reminded me of the Star Trek Into Darkness nonsense that they pulled. But everyone knew. Yeah. Usme. Everyone knew. And, like, J.J. Abrams did so, like, was like, no, 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 we were not going to do Khan. We are not going to do Khan. And then they like, oh, we did Khan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but that was different because everyone already knew. In this one, you're, you're like... See, the whole objective of why they've done this is very cynical, right? It's basically, uh, we want to surprise you. And what is a surprise? Yeah. It's not a narrative surprise. It's not a thematic surprise. It's not something that, you know, hits you deep. It's like a superficial surprise. You know, I yeah. was, yeah. Uh, it makes me angry when that is the level of thinking that is involved in like uh, twists. Uh, but then again, you're right. She's not established. And you don't even so give I, her agency, right? She, she just even then, even after, even though she's blown to like pieces <laughs> by this woman who she's supposed to like hunt her life or whatever. <laughs> even then, she has to be controlled by her father and still perform the action. Why can't she willingly perform these actions? Uh, Why can't she actually be like? I mean, she has genuine case to be like uh, crazy about Natasha, right? You literally blew me up as a child. Like, why didn't? Why does she need to be mind controlled to go after her? She can genuinely be this in, unhinged. Because otherwise, otherwise, it's so close to like being Killmonger, right? Because like Killmonger is the same thing. He lost his yeah, exactly, like, exactly, he becomes, exactly. He becomes, then, he becomes unhinged and then he goes on a revenge quest against T'Challa and, and Wakanda. So let the same thing happen here. Let people make comparisons. I don't care. But at least you have a better movie on your hands. Exactly. They've, they've, they, it's the potential is there. They just haven't yeah, grabbed it. They've in fact made the worst decisions on every front. Yeah, like, villains they keep making always a problem, right? Even Falcon and Winter Soldier, like two months ago, they had a villain problem. Which uh, I have still have not thing, uh, like, watched, by the way. Okay, should should I not spoil it then? I I mean, go for it. <laughs> right. So, the Falcon Soldier, how much have you seen? Like, do you know when the Flash was introduced? Right. I have forgotten even the bits I've seen, so it's pretty easy. <laughs> right. So, the, the villains there are the Flash Smashers, right? The, the one led by Kali Morgenthau, the the woman that introduced, I think, episode two or one itself. I don't remember exactly now. Yeah. But eventually, like, what turns out is these people are sort of like. I mean, after like the whole snap happened, the world sort of needed to like, you know, support each other because you like, lose half the population. How are you going to work together? Yeah. Uh, so basically <clears> people, you know, so refugees and whatever migrants went from one place to other places to help out other countries. And now because the world sort of goes back early and half the population reappears, uh, 
the rich countries are like you know screw it like throw these people out who came to help us to their country which is again like full comment good commentary at least a good commentary angle on I remember you know, the, admiring the, this yes the migrant crisis that is happening right now in Europe or whatever right yeah uh so they take this thing so basically the flash mission are technically not really villains right because how can you blame them like they're doing the right thing which is a good thing to have when you are making writing a villain character which is why killmonger basically works uh but then they do them really bad towards like the end of the series uh the flash mission not able to achieve what they actually want to achieve and their entire like i mean they do achieve what they want to achieve but like they don't want to do it themselves like, they have to do, all of them have to, have to die and then the new captain america which is anthony mackie appears literally on like a new york street in front of like senators and gives a full 5 minute 5 minute monologue uh about what the flag was wanted and why the world needs to listen up and take notice hmm it's like kill the entire thing of like the villains and it's like oh my god why do they why do you have to like do them so bad like, so this this keeps happening with marvel and this is my theory i don't think they they're going to figure out that it's fear now at this point they, they cannot the monster that they've created is so huge they cannot tame it and uh, it's going to take like something really incredible it's not take like a uh a, like a solo <laughs> solo a star wars story level event <laughs> to like yeah reset like the whole to like, reset the timeline yeah and i like yeah. considering the next whatever 5 years of MCU slate that's been announced or nahi hone wala agle 5 saal yeah because they tie- plan it like so tightly right like i don't even know what they where they're going right now with so, the whole like next or like what are they building towards because this thing and falcon and the soldier are building to the same thing right i don't know hmm. if you saw her there because you haven't seen the show but you definitely saw her here i, I knew was. that she had appeared in the show yeah right yeah so so that so they, clearly julia louis dreyfus has like a, some bigger purpose in the MCU which they're sort of alluding to right now which mm-hmm. they will eventually build to uh, although i don't know how like jelena is fitting into this nonsense but she is supposed to appear like later which i mean the whole thing set set up very nicely like it makes it clear that you know that she's going to appear in the hawkai series just because they, that's what they end the movie on like a half hearted shrug as what i'm doing yeah obviously because if you don't like the movie like you're not going to care what's going to happen in the future i don't um, like yeah like the the post credit scenes in the marvel movies haven't been good for like i don't know half a decade i can't remember the last time i was like so earlier they used to set up like major stuff right like they used to set up like oh here's the first look at guardians for instance here's the first look at thor or like Uh, here's the first, here's the first look, look at, at Captain Marvel, like tease for like her, which was yeah. two years ago. So I, got, I guess you're not counting that. <coughs> no, 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 no. But uh, this one's like uh, okay. Here's a person I know nothing about who probably has like is he is she supposed to be like some big comic book figure who I'm not recognizing? Like is it is she supposed to be? Yeah, meaning? they don't even give you the name in this one, right? So she's just so Jul- Julia Louis Dreyfus, right? Does Yelena say anything? Does Yelena even say half her name? No, they just she just meets. So for people like me who have no idea, they're like, okay, she met a lady. I'm um, yeah, I'm just trying to think like, does she not even like you know just like in passing say her character name? Does you remember her saying Valentina or something? No. I like uh, <laughs> it's, it's not this happening. It's like Inception now. Like yeah, I'm planting it in your brain. Then you'll be like, oh, it happened. No, yeah, no. Uh, I don't know, but yeah, the show did much better. Like the show may maybe because I guess they've changed it or something. Maybe they added the post credit scene because now they know. Because Black Widow is supposed to come out before Black Widow the last year, thanks to COVID, but now it's after. So then, because in in the show is properly done, she comes up, she like even literally gives like a business card to like uh, the old Captain America, as in old old Captain America, the, the middle one, the one played by John Walker, the John Walker guy. 
Vyatrasil. And she gives like, and she introduces herself like properly. So there it's done. But then, I guess they changed it or maybe it was not never supposed to so, be. I have no idea. No. So for whatever it's worth, I uh, spoke to Kate Shortland and I asked her about this. And I asked her, did she like, she had this movie sitting on the shelf for like whatever, a year and a half. Yeah. If she went back and, uh, you know, messed with it. Uh, she said no. Right. Huh, but so like, she know. can still mean she didn't mess with the movie, but she messed with the end credits. Who knows? Uh, who knows? But basically, I was like, did you tinker yeah. with it? She was like, no. I mean, she was like, there's the uh, urge, obviously, to go back and tinker with it. Yeah. But then it we locked. She said we locked picture like I don't know a year, some like sometime a year ago or something. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we had the final trailer happen. Mm. And then two days later, the world was locked yeah. down. <laughs> so, yeah, so, yeah. But basic, my basic uh, overall uh, feeling about this is not very pleasant. I'm like, literally, like, I'm just like indifferent at this point. I'm like, if you can't, uh, you know, surprise me, then I'm not even going to give you half my attention. Like, you don't deserve my attention. Mm. For like, speaking of, like, in terms of villains, I don't think you'll be like, pleased for a while. Because like, I mean, we don't know much like right now, but... Shang-Chi, it seems like the villain, I think, is the dad, basically, right? Because he runs, like, Tony Lung runs the ter- terrorist organization, so it and makes sense Shang-Chi is trying to distance from that, so then the, the father will end up I will, I am guaranteeing, so these movies are written by a computer almost, right? It's like, goddamn algorithm writes these movies. It's not yeah, yeah, going you make, to... You, give the, you make, like, four columns, A, B, C, D, and the computer picks out random options. So the fight that they've teased in the trailer of, of Shang-Chi between uh, Tony Lung and uh, Shang-Chi... That's probably like, you the know, pre-third act. That's, oh, you, no, you think it's, it's not, not the final, final fight. You think it'll make no, a secondary villain they're hiding from us, as always. Correct. They're going to... Sorry. They're going to join forces and uh, <laughs> fight someone else. Probably. Uh, or he's going to die or like something. Because like, that would sort of... Like, in thematic purposes, it just like feels right to me that he would fight his father... But see, 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 no, here's the thing, right? They will dismantle the They will fight, but then that fight has to amount to something, right? It has to amount to some sort of resolution. It has to amount to some closure with this. And once you achieve that closure, you don't end the movie, right? You take it a step further and then you're like, (laughs) either they're together or he dies, right? Yeah. Yeah. One of those things, yeah. (laughs) Anyway, we're getting ahead of ourselves. No, I'm just like, I was trying to like see if there was like a villain out there for you, but. At least this year, I don't even think Spider-Man No Way Home to you know what's going to happen. It's just uh, bringing together all Spider-Man movies. I'll watch that movie. just for like nostalgia sake because now we've reached the point where the early 2000s, early 2000s is nostalgia because we're old. Yeah. So like that's fine. Like you'll just remind me of like better Spider-Man movies. Mm. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> if this was a TV show, which this is, Black Widow would be like a bottle episode. Like this happened sometime, you know, like we just, we didn't think it was good enough to kind of talk about it before, but because yeah, we couldn't but afford it. The only reason we made it is, is because we needed like a future character. So we like made an entire movie so we could have Yelena Belova. That's it. Yeah. It's like, a, it would be a backdoor pilot. It is a backdoor pilot. It, it is literally a $200 million backdoor For pilot. Yelena, yeah. So that Florence Pugh can be the new whatever she will <laughs> It be. is, it is. Hopefully she won't be just called Black Widow. She'll, hopefully she'll have her own name. It's the most expensive backdoor pilot of the most expensive. <laughs> Expect more of these, this sort of stuff. Like, we were talking about movies right now, but there are like a couple of TV shows like that, right? The same way 
Anthony Mackie became the new Captain America. That's going to happen, right? Like when you know, whenever goes to hunt Hawkeye now in the Hawkeye TV series, I'm, Sh- I'm going to be wearing black. Meanwhile, the same. No, no, forget that. But like at the same time, the show will is not about that. Right? The show is about Clint Barton passing his baton to uh, Haley Steinfeld. Yeah. <sighs> so yeah, stuff like that. It's so robotic. It's so annoying. Just yeah. Now this is like this, which is why there's no Avengers movie coming. Right? I, I realized like what that, that while watching Falcon and the Soldier was that this is that this is now their like uh, transfer phase right now. They're like we have to slowly <laughs> transfer to the next gen. So be co- files copy or ye is folder the next next folder me. Tab tak wait karo. So sab copy ho jayega. Then you know. Florence Pugh, then you know Haley Steinfeld, then you know Anthony Mac. I mean, Anthony, you already known, but like then you know Miss Marvel, and then you know Eternals, and then we can three years. But the real arrogance is expecting the audience to like cough up like whatever thirty dollars or twenty dollars to watch essentially a loading bar. <laughs> loading bar. <laughs> yeah. But like loading bar, ko dekhne ke liye bees order de do. Thank you. Next. I'm happy with the. I mean, I hate the villain thing, but I'm happy with the Florence Pugh humor. <laughs> oh God! That's all for this episode. Thank you for tuning in. You can find the Long Take at the Long Take Pod on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and Instagram. You can write to us at the Long Take Pod at gmail dot com. Uh, please leave us a rating and a review wherever you listen to this episode, and we will see you next week.